All right, Alexander, let's uh, revisit what is going on in uh, with with Armenia and Azerbaijan and uh, Pashinyan's attempts to move Armenia into the European Union and NATO. Actually, Azer- uh, um, Pashinyan gave a speech like a week and a half ago. Not many people reported on it where uh, he said that uh, Armenia is now ready to enter the European Union and NATO. He actually said that during a, a speech that he gave like a week and a half ago, some event, some uh, EU uh, ministerial event or something was taking place. And Azerbaijan, uh, Pashinyan, said that, uh, Pashinyan said that Armenia, since the conflict has uh, in Nagorno-Karabakh has concluded with Azerbaijan, he said now Armenia is ready to, to enter the European Union and NATO. It's a, what what a comment! What a statement from Pashinyan! I mean, it's, it just leaves you shaking your head. Anyway, um, they need Russia. Russia is the big player in the region, and Russia continues to work with Armenia, uh, even though Pashinyan is doing everything he can to take Armenia into the European Union and into NATO. What is the latest? Well, indeed, and uh, to add to that, he said, you know, to the Europeans, you know, your values are our values. And of course, when they talk about values, you need to be particularly careful because, of course, we know what values means. And uh, he's also uh, the Armenian government is also and parliament, which, of course, is dominated by Pashinyan's party, has now ratified the Rome Statute, which means that if Putin were to visit Armenia, they would have to arrest him in compliance with the ICC warrant, all these deeply unfriendly moves, as the Russians say. And, of course, what we've had over the last couple of weeks, predictably, are all sorts of murmurs from Azerbaijan that the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan needs to be clarified. And um, also murmurs about the importance for Azerbaijan of having a secure route to Nahichevan. And, of course, they're dropping obvious hints that they think that the situation should be resolved with a direct land bridge from Azerbaijan all the way to Nahichevan. Now, Armenia still is a member of the Collective Security Treaty Organization. There is still a Russian military base in Armenia. There are Russian troops in Armenia. If there were at the present time a military attack by a military attack by Azerbaijan on Armenia in order to sort out the problems of the border and establish that land bridge to Nahichevan, then Russia is treaty bound at the moment to come to Armenia's protection. If of course Armenia quits the Collective Security Treaty Organization, then that is no longer the case. All of these moves, all of these hints, have been made by the Azerbaijanians, I think partly to remind the Armenians of all of this. I'm sure the Russians have... Let's put it like this. I'm sure they're not sorry that the Aliyev government has been talking in this way. But as the Russians always do... They look the other way. They pretend to look the other way, even as Pashinyan is making all of these statements. They're saying, look, if Armenia does want to quit the Collective Security Treaty Organization and the Eurasian Economic Union, well, that's up to them. But in the meantime, we are going to continue to work with the 
Armenians and the Azerbaijanians to sort out a peace treaty between these two countries. And Lavrov has been making comments about this. And the result is that whatever Pashinyan says, one gets the sense, again based on what Lavrov has been saying, that the Armenians have found that they have no ultimate choice but to continue to work with the Russians towards securing that peace treaty with Azerbaijan. Because ultimately, um, they have no choice. Russia remains the big player in the Southern Caucasus, and it remains the only country that is in a position to guarantee Armenia's security. The Armenians can talk about buying weapons from France, they can talk about all kinds of other things, but if trouble comes, it's to the Russians they have to call. And there's a rather bitter editorial in the Financial Times, which has just come out, which very grudgingly and bitterly admits this, that the Western powers have no real means to project power into the Southern Caucasus and to come to Armenia's rescue if Armenia finds itself in trouble. Right. If, uh, if the Russians don't take an active role in, uh, in Armenia and help to broker uh, stability and peace, there's no doubt that Azerbaijan is going to create that, that land corridor. This is without question. Yes. And so Ar Armenia needs Russia. This is, this is real politics. This is reality. Yeah. Yes. Smashing yes. into um, Pashinyan. Yes. Yes. My own, my own personal view, actually, is that the events of the last few weeks have been in the long term disastrous for him. Because what he has done is that he had, he, he's, I think the original plan was give. Nagorno-Karabakh to Azerbaijan and then, you know, dump that and move on and enter NATO and the EU. I think this is what he thought he could do. I mean, bear in mind, as I understand it, Pashinyan's background is as a human rights lawyer, which already should ring alarm bells, and as a journalist. He's not perhaps the sort of person who is particularly versed in real politics and those kind of things. But anyway, th that was his idea. And then what happened was that rather than wait for Armenia to give Nagorno-Karabakh to Azerbaijan as part of some bigger deal that would have allowed Armenia to join NATO and the EU, what happened was that Azerbaijan decided, well, we might just as well march in to Nagorno-Karabakh and take it over ourselves. There's no re need for us to agree to any kind of deal for that to happen with Armenia because they've already recognised it as part of our territory and we can just march in and take it. And I think that pulled the rug ultimately under Pashinyan because he wasn't able to do this complicated deal that he and the Europeans probably thought he would be able to do with the Azerbaijanians. He found that the Azerbaijanians basically took the initiative and decided things for themselves. So the result is he's lost Nagorno-Karabakh. He's not gained anything in return. He's had 100,000 people leave Nagorno-Karabakh 
and come to Armenia. Armenia has been reduced and it still finds that it remains dependent on the Russians. I think that even allowing for how deeply embedded um, he is in the governmental system in Armenia, I, I generally think that we're probably going to see the, the beginning of the end of his tenure as Prime Minister of Armenia, not because the Russians will engineer his removal, but because people in Armenia themselves are going to gradually come to understand what a disastrous figure he has proved to be. Historically disastrous figure for uh, Armenia. And, and, you know, he constructed this complicated plan to to get Armenia into uh, the EU and NATO. And he didn't think about the rest of the world. He didn't once consider that perhaps events happening outside of Armenia, like what's going on in Ukraine, or events that he could not predict at the time, like what's happening right now in the Middle East, could could draw the, the West's attention away from, from Armenia and, and could distract the, the United States and the European Union from uh, incorporating Armenia into the, Euro, into the EU and NATO. He didn't think about that at all. He just thought this plan is going gonna, is gonna to go exactly as I envision it. Nagorno-Karabakh, I remove this, this problem. Now I'm free to, to enter the European Union and NATO. I don't have any territorial disputes anywhere. And, uh, and, and we can ditch Russia. He really did not think of this in, 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 in a big picture uh, terms. He, he, very narrow, very small minded of him. Uh, very well, stupid. To, well, to be quite yeah. honest, very stupid. But, but, this is the mis- but this is the mistake all these people always make. I mean, you know, Saakashvili made the same mistake in Georgia. <laughs> Sandu was making the same mistake in Moldova. Uh, um, the, the people in Kiev, Zelensky and co, making the same mistake in Ukraine, uh, they all make this same mistake. They always think that ultimately, you know, if you can just join the Euro-Atlantic system, all your problems are going to be resolved and, um, you know, the rest of the world really isn't that important and we don't really think about it and worry about it very much. Now, what is particularly exasperating about this whole business is that there is absolutely no reason at all why Armenia could not have had excellent relations with France, for example, and Germany and all the other European countries, and indeed even the United States, without going all the way into joining NATO and the EU. I mean, it's not as if the Russians have at any point in time said to the Armenians, you can't have good relations with, say, France. So, uh, you know... They didn't need to make this choice, but they always think of this in binary terms. The NGOs that are there always tell them to. Uh, My brother, who's been to Armenia many times, tells me that the embassy, the U.S. embassy in Yerevan is simply colossal. And it's huge embassy. And, you know, you can imagine. Exactly. Huge embassy. You can imagine what they're all uh, telling telling people like Pashinyan and all around him. So, I mean, you know, so they listen to this bad advice and close their ears and eyes to everything else, and they end up in disaster. But that's, that's, I'm afraid, as I said, the pattern that we have seen recur time and time and time again. I think Armenia, which is a more 
So it's a pretty sophisticated place, and there's a huge Armenian diaspora in Russia as well, by the way, which clearly is now starting to assert itself and have its say. I think eventually that will uh, uh, cause a change in policy in Armenia, but already a huge amount of damage has been done. Yeah, the embassy is massive, by the way. It's, you drive by, it's, it's, it's a massive structure, complex structure. It's a campus. I mean, you know, what can you say? But um, yeah, you know, I, I was going to say real quick, uh, when you said that Russia has never once told Armenia don't have excellent relations with France and Germany and the United States, um, you mentioned the NGOs. And, and I was going to say, yeah, maybe Russia hasn't told Armenia not to have excellent relations with uh, with the West. But the NGOs, the think tanks, the EU, NATO, the United States, I'm sure they've told Armenia don't have good relations with Russia while having good relations with us. They're the ones that usually impose this binary choice on countries. It's usually never the, the Russians or the Chinese that impose this choice on countries. They're the ones that say it's either us or them. And they did the same exact thing with Ukraine and with Georgia. I remember Putin told uh, Yanukovych, he said it many times to the West in many speeches in 2013, 14. He's like, Ukraine can can enter the European Union. It can be part of, of the Russian Economic Union as well. It can act as a bridge. And it was the European Union that told the government at the time in Ukraine, no, 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 you either come with us or you go with them. They're the exactly. ones that impose the binary choice exactly. on Ukraine. Exactly. That is entirely true. That is exactly correct. I mean, I can remember that. I mean, I can, I can remember all of those events exactly. I can remember at the time when there was the EU association agreement discussions and it was pointed out that in the form that it had been negotiated, it made it impossible to maintain a free trade zone with the Russians, which was beneficial to Ukraine. And uh, Putin and Yanukovych asked for discussions with the EU um, to try to modify, to, you know, to, 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 to tweak this thing so that it could actually, you know, it, it wouldn't end up becoming the kind of binary choice that it was. And the EU came back and said, we're not changing a single punctuation mark. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's what they said. And, well, that led us exactly in Ukraine, directly to where we are, and we see... In Ukraine, you know, with a war there. And, of course, we're seeing in Armenia the same pattern repeating itself. It's always them or us. And, unfortunately, there are always people in these countries, people connected with NGOs and all of that, who listen to that kind of advice. I, I, I by the way, was given a, you know, a long discussion Right. Somebody from Armenia about, you know, the effect these NGOs have on the economies of these countries, because you see what happens is the people who go and work for these NGOs get paid an awful lot more than local people are who carry out businesses and things of that kind. So that creates a whole new economic structure within these countries. Then, of course, the media gets bought up because again, the money is there to buy up the media. And the whole debate, the whole understanding of politics, that way begins to become affected and distorted in all sorts of ways. 
that blinds people to the realities. Yeah. All right, we'll end there at the Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X. And go to the Durad shop. 20% off. Use the code the Durad20. Take care. <laughs>